Everybody, welcome to a brand new exciting episode of Not Aspirational with Hannah Brown. I'm your host, Hannah Brown, and welcome back, everybody. Full disclosure, I'm a little buzzed, so let's see how this goes. First of all, I hope y'all are having a great week so far. I hope y'all enjoyed my episode with Joe Gunn. He is a blast and a half. So clever, so funny. We love him. Um, First and foremost, if you don't follow me already, follow me at Hannah A. Brown on Instagram and Twitter, and follow me at Hannah A. Brown Zero on the TikToks. And also, if you are liking the show, please, please, please head on over to iTunes and leave the show a rating and a review. It really, really helps helps. It makes it easier for people to find me, to find the show. And, you know, and I love connecting with you all. Um, Also, if you just can't get enough of me, head on over to patreon.com slash not aspirational. And for just $5 a month, you get access to all of the bonus episodes. I'm currently recapping season two of Roni. I also threw in a Xenon Girl of the 21st Century episode this past month because I felt like it. So I really just do whatever the fuck I want. Um, I try to do two episodes a month. Sometimes I do one. Sometimes I do two. Sometimes if I'm feeling really ambitious, I do three. It depends. But head on over and check that out if you're interested. Also, a couple weeks ago, I plugged my friend Taria Shondell Faison's podcast, What Else Is Going On? And I guested on it, um, not this week, but last week. We had such a great time. We had such a great chat. And this week, she had an awesome episode with Sarah Golly of Andy's Girls. Um, and they had a really fabulous conversation. So get on it. Listen to my episode. Listen to Sarah's episode. Listen to Taria. She's amazing. And also on this past episode, Taria and Sarah brought up how... Bravo's been doing these IG lives um, with black Bravo celebrities featuring Justin Sylvester as the host and how there was that petition that a lot of um, Bravo accounts on Instagram started to put those IG lives on the network. And it's they also brought up how it's really essential that white Bravo celebrities also um, take part in those conversations as well. And it was like they spoke it into existence. Um, Bravo is having a special on August 9th at 10, 9 central called Race in America, a movement, not a moment. We all have to tune in. It sounds like it's going to be an awesome conversation. It is going to be hosted by Nina Parker from E. Um, Candy Burris is one of the producers on it, and it's featuring um, Garcelle, Candy and her husband, Todd, Giselle Bryant, Dr. Britton Cole, Gregory Gorday, um, uh, Toya Bush Harris and Dr. Eugene Harris, Leah McSweeney. Dr. Simone Whitmore, Portia Williams, Bronwyn Wyndham Burke. I mean, it seems like it's going to be a really awesome special. And also, Taria brought up how on a specific podcast, Heather McDonald was like, yeah, well, these people did this petition to put those IG lives on Bravo. And guess what? I have the numbers and no one tuned in. So all those people who signed that petition didn't even watch. And honestly, Heather McDonald, I find to be deeply problematic and very smug and annoying. So, for that reason and so many other reasons that are much more important I just want to like encourage everybody to tune in to this special again that's August 9th 10 9 central on Bravo race in America a movement not a moment we have to show the network that we care about what they do with their platform and how they promote anti-racist work and we need to hold them accountable so everyone make sure to tune in Um, Before we get into Bravo, a couple personal updates. 
I woke up this morning, 4.30 in the morning. Now listen, I have anxiety. I have not been sleeping great these last few months, okay? On either side of our bed, there are windows. At 4.30 in the morning, I wake up to the most intense rattling. I literally thought someone was breaking in. I woke up screaming. Jake woke up, woke up this is the wine, woke up freaked out. Monty is freaking out. I thought someone was breaking in. No, it was just a fucking earthquake with one, two, like five aftershocks. So intense. Um, terrifying. And then now the big one is trending on Twitter. And I'm like, of course, in 2020, like that would be the year that the big one happens. And I'm just like, not in the mood. But then also I was like, okay, yes, earthquakes are devastating. They're scary. Um, But you know what else is really scary? Someone breaking into your house and murdering you. So I was like, grand scheme of life, I guess I would pick an earthquake over an intruder. But holy fuck, what a scary way to start the day. Um, I'm doing fine. Don't worry. (laughs) Um, Also, my summer of feet piece is going great. Um, You know, I own a few pairs of sandals now. I almost posted a swimsuit picture on my birthday with my feet in the frame. So things are doing great. I ended up not because I was like, if someone's going to have a photo of my feet, um, for their own personal use, I'm going to charge. Like I'm at the point where like I, I will charge for a feet pick. So, you know, I changed my mind, but feet piece going great. I hope you're all having a summer of feet piece as well. Um, my birthday was this past weekend. First of all, I want to say thank you. Thank you a million fucking times from the bottom of my egocentric Leo heart to yours, um, for all the kind birthday wishes. I felt so overwhelmed with love. I felt so special. I had an amazing weekend. I kind of went into my birthday weekend, like having the birthday blues being like, nah, I wish I could see more people. I had ordered myself pajamas um, that resembled the tuxedo shirt that Holly Golightly wears at the beginning of breakfast at Tiffany's. And I paid way too much for them. Very cute, but I paid way too much. And I was like, I rationalized it by being like, well, Hannah, you could like wear it as a dress. You could wear it as a Halloween costume and you can wear it as pajamas. So really, this is a very versatile piece. Um, I put it on and I looked more like a hoey pilgrim than anything else. And I also was like, wow, I'm entering my 29th year of life in breakfast at Tiffany's pajamas. Like I'm no different than I was at 15. And I don't know how I feel about that. Like I feel like every 15 year old was like, I want to be Blair Waldorf. Therefore, I want to be Holly Golightly. But there I was my 29th birthday wearing Holly Golightly pajamas. But um, I ordered a bunch of McDonald's. I watched Mary Kate and Ashley movies. Um, It was great. It was fucking great. So thank you all so much again for making that so fucking special. I am 29. I'm feeling fine. Also, by the way, I've already done way more at 29 than I did at 28 because I don't know how many of you remember this, but I have moaned and groaned on this podcast for a long time about my computer issues. Um, For those of you who are new to the podcast, I accidentally downloaded malware called Mac Auto Fixer like months ago. Like I'm talking like over a year ago and it resulted in all kinds of weird shit. Like no matter what I did, Yahoo would be my default search engine. And every time I went to like Google something up in the corner, it would say like safe finder and it would have this like shitty like language logo in the corner that just looked it just looked like malware like there was malware on my computer everywhere I turned and every now and then this little pop-up would come in the corner being like mac uh, mac auto fixer being like and it would just make this annoying sound and it was just like a constant physical reminder of my stupidity and somehow downloading this malware and not being able to figure out how to get rid of it but now I'm 29 I'm feeling fine I'm renewed I'm revived I'm 29 okay And I 
took the time like a grown ass woman. I called Apple. I said, hey, I need to make an appointment with you to get this terrible malware off my computer. I get on the phone with a nice gentleman. He does a fucking screen share. We get it off my computer. And now I feel like I have a brand new Mac. I feel sophisticated. I feel clean. I feel fun. I feel fancy free. I do want to invest in like a fancy computer case now, like a like a green crocodile skin, like really fun, pretty opulent computer case. Um, and I can't rationalize that right now. But I have to tell you, having a working computer feels so luxurious. I feel so rich. Um, so yeah, 29 and feeling fine. 29 is going great so far. All things considered, obviously. Um, let's get into Bravo. So I took last week off. I'm feeling very rejuvenated. Um, I'm kind of just going to dabble in last week of Beverly Hills and New York. Um, dabble in this week of Beverly Hills and then fully recap New York. So prepare for fucking liftoff. Beverly Hills thoughts. Um, I really just last week I was kind of just, again, can't really tell you what's going on. I'm having a really hard time like connecting to Beverly Hills right now. A couple things. I thought Erica's shoe dazzle event looked pretty fun. Uh, Kyle was in a sequined pant, which just made me go, oh, of course. Um, I was not into Rinna's blonde feathered wig with the bangs that she ended up bringing to Rome. I was like, must we do this? Um, we also got a scene last week where Sutton and Garcelle were talking about how it was going to be raining in Rome and Sutton was like, my kitchen gets hot. And I didn't know that, um, the term kitchen to a black person means the back of your neck. So Garcelle was like, oh, that gave Sutton a little bit of a cool factor. And I kind of, I cringed in that moment. I was like, like when Sutton said it, I was like, and I couldn't really put into words like why it made me so uncomfortable. I mean, I was happy that Garcelle like laughed it off and wasn't offended, but I was like, I feel icky about Sutton doing that. And in this last week's episode of the Bravo Breakdown hosted by Sasha Morfa, which I've talked about on this show before, she is incredible. She also just started a Patreon page with bonus content. So check that out. But she really beautifully explained why it was so not okay for Sutton to refer to her kitchen as a white woman. And so I highly, highly, I mean, obviously watch the Bravo Breakdown because Sasha's amazing. Her takes are amazing. She's hilarious. But I really, really encourage y'all to watch that episode because it was an educational moment and um, explained it really well. We also had last week Amelia listing what she wants in her apartment, which was just like made my eyes roll entirely into my head like Linda Blair and The Exorcist. I was like, I cannot do this right now. Um, And also Alexia's voice, Kyle's daughter, was just like Kyle's and it was just like eerie to me. It was just like mini Rinna and mini Kyle being like, this is a fancy apartment, fancy adult things, even though we're like five years old. I was just like, I can't do this. Um, Anyway, the episode ended with Brandy revealing to Teddy that Denise fucking hates her, talked all this shit. Teddy's like, say it to my face because I know the way I've been feeling. I've said it to her face. And supposedly Denise is like super fucking manipulative and hates everybody. And most importantly, she and Brandy fucked. And Teddy and Kyle are shocked. And Kim Richards is also shocked. Or it was just the aggressive way her ponytail pulled at her forehead and her eyeballs. Um, Everyone's very shocked. And apparently Denise said, no matter what, you can't tell Aaron he will kill me. And the episode ended with a cliffhanger. It was everyone on their way to Rome and Teddy saying, Rinna, I have to have an awkward conversation with you. And she spills the tea to Rinna about all the shit that Brandy said. Meanwhile, Garcelle and Denise are running late to the airport, completely oblivious to the shit storm that's brewing and coming their way. 
And, you know, last week's episode ended with knowing that next week's episode was going to open with this drama a brewing in Roma. So this week, I have to say, watching them be in Rome with fancy rooms and fancy clothes and fancy food and wine was really sad because a trip to Italy is my fucking dream. And given the hellscape that we live in in this country, God knows when I'm going to be able to go. But it was also kind of nice and escapist. I will say Dorit fully thinks she's Giada De Laurentiis. She's like, a drink, a prosecco, a campari, a vermouth, martini. It was like everything. You know how Giada De Laurentiis, and you know, no shade to her because she's actually Italian, but it's like she turns any word into like the most Italian pronunciation. It's like, a macaroni. You know, like a, I don't know. A vino. Like every, that was a bad example, but you know what I mean? Um, so Dorit's fully just like flexing how she knows Italian and how she just loves Italy. And also Kyle had never heard of a penicillin, which shocked me. But also she's ordering a margarita in Italy. So, you know, but I just want to take a minute to say shameless penicillin plug hashtag not an ad. Penicillins are one of my favorite fucking drinks. They're made with scotch, lemon juice and ginger. They are so fucking delicious. If you aren't familiar, definitely try one the next time you have the chance. Uh, if and when bars ever open once again because our country is a hellscape. But if you like an herbaceous, aromatic, boozy drink balanced by citrus and sweetness, a penicillin is for you. So check it the fuck out. Dorit and those late edges was not it. Also, Kyle shading Dorit for her mall cop chic outfit was not inaccurate, but I'm like, Kyle, babe, 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 let's not throw stones at glass houses, okay? Let's just not. You with your bangs and your sequin pants and your sequin jackets. I mean, it's just such a waste of a rich person. We also have a scene where we find out Garcelle wants to bring her current boyfriend, Michael, a.k.a. Chocolate Michael, to her ex, Mike's Thanksgiving. Um, and Renee's like, don't do it. It's going to be weird. But I just think Garcelle and Michael are cute. And I'm excited to see where that relationship goes. And I think she should bring him to Thanksgiving. I think fuck her ex, Mike. He cheated on her. She wants to bring Michael to Thanksgiving. That is completely her prerogative. Also, I said audibly out loud. So Kyle was really trying this episode to be hilarious. And I'm just like, Kyle, you're not funny. And I literally said out loud watching this episode in my bed. Ugh, Kyle, you're not funny. Leave me alone. And I said it to no one in particular, um, but it's it's how I feel and it's what I meant. Um, so then we had that whole scene in the Fendi store where everyone was just like, Fendi. like everyone was just shopping hardcore. Rinna bought this outfit that was a Fendi dress with a Fendi puffy jacket and she looked cool as fuck. And you know... My stylist friend, Eric Himmel, shout out to Eric Himmel says, if you're going to wear a designer, as if I have money for designer brands, but truly, if you're going to wear a designer, you have to wear the same designer on the same designer. Otherwise, it looks just like gauche. So it's like the Fendi on Fendi. I was like, whoa, 10 out of 10. If I could afford that outfit, I would wear it. Um, meanwhile, we have Denise with her outfit and hair combo. Not a care in the world. You can just imagine her getting ready being like, ah, I'm just going to put on my jeans and, you know, my black boots and my black tank top and throw my hair up in a bun. And that's fine. That I feel like that's when you really know that someone's fucking rich. Like when they don't even care at that point. They're like, I don't care if I look poor because guess what? I'm rich and you're not. Like, I feel like that's the place that Denise operates from. Teddy's pink hair in her confessional chilled me to the bone. Also, again, Rena whipped out that wig again. Does nothing for me. It's so feathered. She could fly away. So as the ladies arrive at dinner, 
Jake also was feeling particularly spicy while we watched this episode. Here are some of his comments. First, he said, do you think we thought that dinner that that dinner with Denise already happened? He's referring to that. Bravo, bravo, fucking bravo. He goes, do you think we thought that dinner already happened because she wears the same thing every day? She gives us nothing. And then what's her name? He, he's talking about Kyle. What's her name? Kim Richards? No, Kyle Richards. Fucking sparkle jacket everywhere. And Sutton looks like a grandma. And then he just goes, Denise looks bad. And that was in reference to her at-home confessional. And I would agree. Her background featured like what looked like a neon shower, like glowing pink from the inside. It was very like Jules Circus St. Elmo's fire vibes with that background. Very like Brett Easton Ellis novel, 1987. Like people are doing coke in the bathroom with that background. And Denise just looked tired. She was having none of it. And then we had... The dragging of Denise Richards. We had Erica with her fucking funeral veil. And she's like, what'd she say about me? You know, before they were like, oh, well, I guess we'll find out whose funeral it is tonight. It was Denise's funeral. Spoiler alert. So Erica's like, what did she say about me? And Teddy's just like, "Mm, mm," like, oh, like grunting through this dinner until she finally just comes out and is like, Denise, you said things about everyone here. You said things that really hurt my feelings. Um, Lisa's being judgy about Denise being image conscious. Lisa's like, well, you know, that's what we do. You know, we're putting it all on a sh-. That sounded like Denise. But, you know, Lisa's like very confused as to why Denise is trying to be so perfect this season when last season she kind of put it all out there, including Aaron's dick size. But I will say, and again, I half watched this show. We all know this at this point. But aren't there legal things going on with her and Charlie? Like, if that's the case, if there are legal things going on, then it does make sense that she wouldn't want any sort of defamatory anything about her coming out, especially on the show. Um, But this was all just some junior high bullshit. Um, I did love that we brought it all back to Munchausen. Lisa's like, well, yeah, I have one word, Munchausen. And I learned my lesson and I'm not doing that again. I full. How did I forget about the Munchausen season? How have I? I've been wasting this entire quarantine not rewatching the Munchausen season because that was just a wild fucking ride. I miss vintage Rinna, vintage Rinna, and I think I've said this before. I'll say it again. Vintage, vintage Rinna and vintage Lala have very similar energies where they just came in fucking hot. They had a job to do. They had cool, you know, energy. Just like no fucks given energy. And then when they became friends with the rest of the cast, they were no longer fun and I didn't enjoy them as much. I mean, Rinna came in being like, well, I don't remember if I said it. I don't remember. I said it just fucking lighting fires everywhere she went. And then she was like tired of, you know, falling on the sword for this entire show. And, you know, God love her for that. I understand. But God, Munchausen was good. What a beautiful a moment in time. The moment in time, your moment happens. So then... Teddy's basically just like kind of they're all sort of needling Denise to be like, well, what did you say? What did you say? What did you say? And Denise is like, there is no truth in that. And then Teddy's very eighth grade girl about she's like, so you know what it is. That fucking mind fuck of like, oh, so you're it's like, so you agree. You think you're really pretty. It's just like the manipulation. It was giving me like tightness on my chest and like a pain in my gut. It was so stressful. The mental gymnastics she inflicted on Denise at that dinner were just like straight up evil. And also I'm just like, why is it so bad that Denise and Brandy fooled around? Like 
Based on what we know about Aaron, Aaron is like woo woo. Like if you put this fucking crystal, you know, in the back of your throat for 30 seconds, it will cure cancer. Like he like he's so just like whatever about everything that like I could completely. And again, that has nothing to do with anything. That's just for the sake of making a joke. But I am saying like I can completely see them being a couple that is sort of like open like open sexually, does what they want, has a very open dialogue about it. So like, I don't understand why like her having sex with Brandy is like very, 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 very bad. It's like, calm the fuck down, everybody. It's no, like it's no one's business. And so Sutton at the end called Teddy's ass out being like, well, why would I bring up a rumor of who slept with who, especially at the dinner table? It's not right. I went full Blanche Dubois for that moment just because I felt like it. And Denise is like, I will not be on the show if they air this. You cannot air this. And Dorit's like, you know they're going to air it, Denise. You know that they're going to. And I'm like, Denise, babe, you're not valued enough on this show to get your shit cut in order for you to stay on the show. Like, everyone is replaceable. That's just how it goes. You know what I mean? Um, so that's how that ended. Who do I believe? I mean, I I believe Brandy. Like, I do believe something happened. Um, I do also believe that Brandy very much likes to start shit up and be incendiary. I think that's just kind of who she is. I also think that Denise uh, is in a fragile state where she wants to keep way too much close to the chest for her to be of value on this show. So I do think there is some truth to the story. Do I think it's as big of a deal as the other women are making it? No. I think everyone needs to calm the fuck down and let everyone live their bliss sexually and, you know, however else. Let's get into Roni, speaking of sexually, because we had Ramona just, you know, apparently very much hating the word vagina. And I'm like, what the fuck is your problem? So last week's episode was great. Um, Watching it without taking notes was invigorating. It was a real treat. Just really letting the episode wash all over me. Like I cozied up in bed first thing in the morning. And I have to tell you when that lap dance began at that birthday party, first it's Leah like up on Luann and then Dorinda behind her. And the music's like, dun, 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 dun. And it's so fucking funny. It's like goofy music. Dorinda has this blank face expression as she's like thrusting behind Leah. Then Elise does the same thing. Same blank face expression thrusting behind Dorinda. I lived. I died. I lived again. I was like chortling out loud in a way that I have not in a very long time. In that moment, watching that scene, I was free from my anxiety present and I left from a guttural place that I hadn't in a minute. And it was great. That episode ended with Ramona being like, You're dancing like a fucking stripper. Get the fucking producers in here. Shut it down. So that was how last weekend did. This week, we opened on Luann's spa day for the women from Fortune Society the day after Ramona's birthday. Ramona showed up and I instantly was like, oh, fuck. What is she going to say about last night? And she's like, she, well, Luann also had some bangs put in for the occasion. And Ramona comes in. Oh, my God. God, you McPhee, you look like McPhee. I think she said Luann looked like Catherine McPhee, I believe. I didn't see it, but I think it's a compliment because Catherine McPhee is stunning. Also, fun fact, her engagement ring from David Foster. I have my feelings about David Foster, but Catherine McPhee's engagement ring from David Foster is every fucking engagement ring goal I have had, I will ever had. And if you're ever bored, just Google it. Back to the episode. So, um, Ramona is like, you know, I have to say, she's telling Luann, catching up. She's like, I feel like I threw the birthday party of the century. The only snafu was Leah, but okay, you know, nothing's perfect, is it? 
Meanwhile, Dorinda and Leah are in the car together on their way to the event um, at the salon, and they thought the night was weird. They were just like, it was fucking weird. Dorinda's like, you know, it's creepy to throw a birthday party at 63. And she revealed that she, that Ramona asked women to donate $100 so that she could buy a handbag. I love how Ramona throws the word déclassé around all the time, and she is the most gauche, tacky individual I have ever had the pleasure of seeing on reality television. She's a fucking nightmare to the point where it's like not even fun anymore. And I've said that before, like I'm not enjoying her anymore, but I'll get more into that later. So Luann and Ramona are talking about how Sonia was a shit show the night before and how they're concerned. And Ramona's like, you know, that glass could have gotten in somebody's eye. And I was like, um, babe, remember the time you fucking threw a wine glass at Kristen Takeman's literal face? Her literal moneymaker? Like the hypocrisy. I can't. Um, Ramona is still very upset about Leah. She's like, you know what? No, I don't want to talk to her. I have nothing to say with her. You know, I have nothing to say to her. I'm just so disgusted by her. Disgusted. I'm like, Ramona, we're all disgusted by you. I promise you. Then we find out Dorinda got a huge piece of glass in her foot that's just casually lodged in there. And they're still on their way in the car. And Leah's like, but I'm the one that's getting in trouble. Like, not Sonia. So Leah makes a good point that Ramona has to be living with a lot of shame to make her feel so shameful. I've said this before in reference to my woo-woo work. Ramona has a lot of shadow that she's projecting onto Leah, and it's not fucking cool. Dorinda basically says what I've been thinking for a while, which is that Ramona is jealous of Leah, and that is just absolute fucking facts. And then we got a moment where Ramona like sidled up to Christina, one of the women from the Fortune Society, and... She's basically awkwardly asking her about her incarceration and like touching her arm without asking. And Christina's like, oh, you know, it was the wrong place at the wrong time. And Luann's like, tell me about it. And I'm like, bitch, it's not the same thing. Please spare us. So then Sonia shows up. Leah and Dorinda show up. Dorinda immediately whips her sock off and shows off the glass lodged in her foot. Sonia like barely remembers breaking the glass. Um, and then Leah pulls Luann aside to chat about how fucking awful Ramona is. Meanwhile, um, Sonia confronts Ramona about her behavior at the party. She's being like, I'm so, you know, I'm so sorry for my behavior at the party. Here's what was going on. And then Leah finally just calls Ramona out. She snaps by saying, that is because Ramona is a terrible person and everybody knows it. She doesn't support women and she singles me out. And that's Ramona. And she storms off. When I tell you that Jake cheered, he clapped. It was such a like an emotional release for both of us. So cathartic watching Leah just take a giant flaming shit on Ramona speaking only facts, not saying anything mean, not saying anything that wasn't true. It was quite, quite refreshing as far as we were concerned. Um, then Luann and Dorinda comfort Leah and Leah's like, I'm not dealing with it. Like, why am I here when she's acting like this? Like I'm done. Sonia, meanwhile, just wants to eat snacks and live her bliss. And the event ends up being successful and all the gals from the Fortune Society are super happy and felt pretty, and it was great. Um, then we get a scene with Sonia's Charlotte Russe adjacent clothes at Century 21, and Dorinda shows up in this like printed blouse that's like tied with a big green vest, and she's like, "Amazing! It's amazing! It's amazing!" And Jake said that Dorinda looked like the inside of her house. Truth. Also, I want to say, I know y'all love me having Jake on this podcast, and I do too. I need to get a replacement mic cord that I have to Amazon like literally overnight because one of my mic cords broke, but like he will be back back soon. He's creepily peeking in. You'll be back soon, right? You'll be back on the podcast soon. Yeah. Once I get the cord replaced. I mean, ideally. 
All right. And that's all from Jake. So, <laughs> so Ramona and her eyes come in. Ramona comes in just like bug eyed as ever being like, oh, so yeah, front and center, you're front and center, baby. That means you're important. <laughs> Then they're discussing Mexico. Dorinda found a fabulous house, a fabulous chef. I was envious. Basically, anytime I see someone go anywhere, or do anything fun, I'm like, God, I'm envious. Um, Ramona has no interest, however, in conversing with Leah on this trip. And she's like, I want to be civil. No, I want to be civil. Ramona's like, I can be civil. I'm a lady. I just, you know, I wish she could be, but I'm a lady. Um, and then Ramona outs Leah's bipolar disorder to Sonia, revealing that Leah has bipolar disorder and she's on meds. And that is why she has been acting so intense when she is drunk. Um, Ramona was just fully judgmental for of her for like mixing alcohol with her meds. And, you know, mental illness it is not something to make fun of. And I just was like, you know, Ramona, as if I needed another reason to think you are literally the worst person on this planet. Like, thank you so much for giving me another one. Um, so then they're all packing for Mexico. They get there. They arrive at the house. It is insanely gorgeous. Also, Ramona's outfit is wild. She's in like a gray tank top and gray leggings that looks like a jumpsuit, a denim jacket with lips on the back, which was very Bethany, in my opinion. And then a muled heel with sunglasses that looked like they were from a gas station and like not in a good way. And don't get me wrong. I've gotten some of my favorite sunglasses at a gas station, but these were not it. Um, then Ramona opens up to Sonia about how, quote, hurt she is by Leah's behavior. I'm like, bitch, really? Sonia fully is like, um, she's like, yes, yes. Not mad, not judgmental. Hurt. You are hurt. Clearly just trying to kiss Ramona's ring and divert any attention away from herself and from how insanely terrible she acted at her birthday party, breaking that glass tray with her her stilettos. Luann, by the way, was a delight and a half this entire episode. She looked hot. She was flirting with the chef in a way that I loved. She was just like relaxed and having a good time. And it was really, really refreshing to see. Then Ramona is like sobbing over having to pull Leah's dress down in front of all 50 of her closest girlfriends. And I'm like... I, it's a party of all women. Like, I mean, A of all, who gives a fuck? But B of all, it's not like anyone's husbands were there. Like, it was literally a bunch of women. What, like, why are you so threatened? And then this whole like, oh, I was just so hurt by her behavior, but she really can't explain what about the behavior hurt her. And it's just like so clear as day that she's jealous. And it's so frustrating that she's just like so narcissistic or as she would say, narcissistic, so narcissistic that she isn't self-aware enough to even like notice the motivations for her reactions and why she feels the way she does. It's like, go to therapy, please. Sonia then invents like this really wild double standard about how she's like, well, you know, you have to reel it in at events, you know, until people know you better unless you're Sonia Morgan. And I'm like, that's the thing. I'm like, okay, so Leah had some fun at a party dancing. She wore a cute dress, a sexy dress. I, it just is so apparent how insecure Ramona is because it's like if I were throwing a party with my 50 closest girlfriends, LOL, um, and someone showed up in like a really fierce, sexy dress, I'd be like, oh, my God, you look amazing. Like I would be so happy that I had thrown a birthday party that empowered that woman to like dress up and feel sexy and get out of the house. Like I don't know. I can't wrap my head around shaming a woman for putting on an outfit that makes her feel good. It's just so fucking gross. But then somehow not being mad at your friend who physically damaged property to the point where like one of your other friends got injured. Like it is wild to me. So Sonia is 
then struck by Ramona's lack of camel toe. And she's like, I have the chubbiest pussy ever. And Ramona's like, oh, Sonia, I'm eating my lunch now. And Leah's like, imagine if I said that. Um, And then Dorinda has a clever game where she divvies up the rooms by doing a game show with a buzzer in which she asks shady questions about the women, like trivia questions, you know, funny questions about Sonia farting, Luann's favorite word being cabaret, and they all get their rooms. Um, Ramona, in classic Ramona, terrible person fashion, immediately puts the staff to work, asking them to steam her shit, hang her shit, whatever the fuck else she can come up with. And then Dorinda checks in with Leah about the Ramona of it all and then some. And Leah's like, yeah, like she's saying like she showed my vagina to people, which is like demeaning. But when you start talking about someone's depression, like, oh, she's on pills. Like, that's just a line you don't cross. So we find out that Sonia told Leah um, about Ramona gossiping to her about Leah's bipolar disorder. And we find out Leah is actually not on meds. She was diagnosed when she was 30. She's been figuring it out for the last seven years. And it's no one's fucking business. So then Ramona um, takes out her iPod speakers from 2013 with like a full on iPod deck with which I loved. I was like a shock to no one. Um, And Dorinda really wants Ramona to like work it out and reconcile with Leah. But Ramona is in full denial mode. She refuses to take any sort of ownership. And Ramona's like, you know what? Instead of sending little messengers, messenger Dorinda, messenger. So immature. So he's like, you know what she has to say? Ramona, I'm sorry. Hailing down to Ramona, just like these ridiculous, stupid as fuck expectations. It's just this constantly moving goalpost of how Leah's going to please. I'm slurring. I'm in a full place of Sonia. Um, A constantly moving goalpost of how Leah is going to please Ramona. And it is just, it's impossible. And at this point, Leah's had enough. And a lot of the women have had enough in watching it too. And it's just... It's ridiculous. I don't know how these women or this network continues to enable this monster. Um, So the ladies are getting ready for dinner. Leah FaceTimed with her daughter, Kier, which was cute. And she's like, I want to wear these earrings tonight to give me strength. And Luann's getting ready. And she's like, I don't even know why I'm putting makeup on. And then Dorinda puts Leah in an expensive chic caftan. Dorinda is so maternal to Leah. She's like, oh, yeah, you look great. You look beautiful. She's like a fun, drunk fairy godmother. I'm like, can I have one? Um, And then Sonia gets up fully naked to get her hair done, walking around the room, strutting her stuff, totally fucked up. Ramona like thinks it's medication, but regardless, she's unbothered. I can't keep up with how incoherent Sonia is at this point. I don't think it's funny. I think it's insanely redundant and just like boring. Like it's like she's done this so many times where I'm just I'm not even shocked anymore. I'm just like, oh, there she goes again. Um, But again, Ramona is fully fine. She's unbothered by Sonia strutting around naked while this woman tries to do her hair. She's unbothered by how fucked up Sonia is. So like the insane double standard she has um, when it comes to Sonia versus Leah and their behavior, it's just so clear as day again that she's very jealous and threatened by Leah, whereas she is not at all threatened by Sonia. And that's why she lets that behavior fly time and time again. Meanwhile, Luann is fresh as a daisy in a sensible blue dress with a little hair clip moment. And again, she was iconic this episode. She's like playing pool. She's looking gorgeous. She's like being a little shady, but 100% honest and like with it. She's like quick. She's on it. She was just a breath of fresh air and a great time this entire episode. And I'm like, if I were on this vacation, I would be hanging out with Luann. I thought she was a lot of fun. 
Um, and then Duranda tells the group that Sonia was drinking Coca-Cola with Rosé in it, which reminded me of this time freshman year of college when there was like a three day long snow day, which in college is just a three day long, you know, blackout. And my friend and I went to um, some improv guys apartment because, you know, that's who we hung out with at the time. And we got a box of um, white Zinfandel Franzia and then bottles of Mountain Dew and we mixed those and drank those all day. I'm so sorry if I just made you vomit, but I couldn't help but hearing Coca-Cola and Rosé and like an ice cold shiver making its way up my spine as I recalled my Mountain Dew and White Zinfandel days. R.I.P. So then um, Dorinda. Oh, so Luann, in response to the Coca-Cola with Rosé, she's like, that's disgusting. And Leah's like, that is disgusting. Then Sonia marches in. She's like, I have unstoppable pussy yeah yeah I mean drink every time she says pussy holy shit I also love how Ramona doesn't seem to have a problem with Sonia saying the word pussy but she has all the problems with Leah using the word vagina so Ramona is micromanaging the ceviche being the absolute worst trying to actively avoid being around Leah commanding people to pour her a glass of red wine being pretentious about all the types of red wine she likes and I believe mispronouncing at least two out of the three that she named and then Dorinda suggested someone getting a taser to calm Ramona down. And I'm here to say, as controversial as this may be, I would pay a lot of money to watch Ramona get tased. And I know that's aggressive, but it's where I'm at. It's true. She needs to take a chill. She needs to be taken down a level. She needs to be taken down to the lower level. Also, can you believe that the lower level was this season? Like, I feel like this season's been like 80 years long and I've, I've just my opinion of these women changes with the wind. Like it's just, it's such an emotional roller coaster watching this show. So then the gals sit down for dinner and this delightful chef is making ceviche for them. He's, he seems like a good time dude just wants to make this beautiful ceviche. And Sonia is whining sloppy as fuck. Like, Really? I can't deal. I've reached my limit. And she says she's had nothing to drink tonight and expresses to Ramona that Leah has never said anything to her. She's like, you know, Ramona, Leah's never said anything to you. And Leah's like, I'm right here. And Luann's like, can we address the fish in the room? And Dorinda's like, I thought you were making fun of my fish again. And Luann's basically like, no. She's referencing the large ceviche fish that's being chopped before their very eyes. She's like, can we address the fish in the room? as far as this fight between Leah and Ramona. So Leah then tells Ramona that she was upset about Ramona talking about her depression issues. And Ramona stares at her fully psychotic and dead eyed claiming she just wanted to make an excuse for her bad behavior and then saying, no, nothing. Just forget about it. Just forget about it. So sweetly mommy dearest, no more wire hangers, fucking psychotic and the Ramona's like you know what so then Leah's like you know you're talking about my vagina to half of the upper east side and Ramona's like no I don't even like the word I don't even like the word it's disgusting it's disgusting and I wrote in all caps babe why are you so stifled also I'm like this woman has a problem using the word vagina which she has when lest we forget, I bring it up every other episode, she had no problem wearing A, a negligee on this show multiple times, but specifically I'm thinking to this one episode where she wore lingerie and rubbed Mario down in oils. So I'm like, you have a problem with just like the word vagina, which is just like, use that word of the doctor. We all have it. 
we all, you know, I hope love our vaginas. I want everyone to love their vaginas. But you don't have a problem with like any of the other crazy things you've done on the show, like throwing a wine glass at somebody's face or like wearing lingerie and rubbing your husband down. It's just like, what is the line with you? Like, I don't I don't get it. And the fact is, there is no line. The fact is, Ramona just she changes the rules to be in her favor whenever she can and then changes them to put somebody down whenever she wants. And it's just not even entertaining. It's fully insufferable. Um, And Ramona did that eighth grade mean girl thing of being like, no, you know what? The fact that you don't know why you hurt me that, you know, what? that hurts me more. And I'm not going to explain it to you. Okay. And Leah is a badass. She immediately calls out that she is extremely manipulative, which is true. Ramona is so manipulative and fully trying to gaslight her. And Leah's having none of it. She like calls it out. She knows what's going on because again, unlike Ramona, Leah goes to therapy. She knows what's going on with herself. She knows herself, calls it out, doesn't let it get to her. Dorinda tries and fails to calm Sonia down. And then Sonia's just babbling. I want to protect her. And everyone's like, you know what, Sonia, you're drunk anyway. Okay. So just like, don't say anything. Okay. And Leah is resolute in just not doing anything. She's like, you know what? If you saw my pussy, you'd fucking remember it. And everyone's like, I'm not talking about anyone's vagina. Oh, oh, how disgusting. And me and Jake were like, cool. So she's homophobic. So now at this point, Ramona is a racist homophobe and I'm no longer entertained and I dislike her too much to want to watch her. And that's where we're at now. That's where we're at now. Um, next week, Dorinda and Ramona get into it. Luann faces a camel for the first time since Morocco. And that is how the episode ended, y'all. That is all for me. Thank you so much again for listening. Um, again, if you don't follow me already, follow me at Hannah A. Brown on Instagram and Twitter and Hannah A. Brown Zero on the TikToks. And once again, I would really, really appreciate it if you'd head on over to iTunes and leave a rating and a review. Um, thank you so much for listening. I hope you all had a great week and we will see you soon. Bye. Bye.